Um, would you stand with us tonight for the reading of the word of the Lord, just in honor to the word of God. Uh, my wife and I have been married 32 years this year, be our 32nd anniversary. Amen. We have two sons, and our oldest son, Zachary, uh, just met the Florida board. And uh, can you pull that lid off there? Thank you. It just met the Florida board. Zachary uh, got his uh, local ministering license. So he is now a licensed minister with the United Pentecostal Church, and we're very proud of him. Our youngest son, Jeremiah, is getting married in May, and then him and his new wife will be meeting the board for their minister's license in July. So uh, I'll be going with my wife this next weekend, not this Sunday, but next week. She's speaking at a ladies' conference, and I'm going with her, and then they're going to let me speak on Sunday. So all four of us are preaching now. Amen. So I thought if I could just get them three scheduled more and more, I could take some days off. Hallelujah. James chapter 1, verse number 22. James chapter 1, verse number 22, 3 and 4. Um, oh, for the, I've, I've gone a different direction, brother. I'm sorry. I gave you a graphic and all kinds of stuff and through the service I feel like I tagged into something so I'm I'm going a whole another direction. Uh, James 122 be ye doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving your own selves but if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. Um, It will take me just a little foundation and a little preaching, which is like preaching and teaching mixed together, to get to this title and topic. But what I want to speak to you about tonight is by way of of a direction and a practice for your life. Don't leave the way you came. Don't leave the way you came. I want to ask you to close your eyes and lift your voices and let's give the Lord praise and prayer. Lord Jesus, I pray that this midweek service right here would be a life-changing night because of your word. Because, Lord, every time we open up this book and we bring forth this word, we are reading not the intellect, ideas of man, but we are touching and intermeddling with the wisdom of the Almighty. And, Lord, for that reason, your word becomes a lamp and a light to our life. And I pray you would do it tonight. Would you clap your hands by way of praise, just real energetically and enthusiastically as you think about the goodness of the Lord and the blessing of the Lord. Amen. You may be seated. I don't know if you're uh, intimately familiar with the uh, profound difference between preaching and teaching, but uh, teaching is when you tell and preaching is when you yell. And so I'm going to do a little teaching and a little preaching. I'm going to tell some and yell some (laughs) along the way, and you'll know what to do when. Amen. Um, It's a basic instruction, very simple to get. You don't have to have a college education to figure it out. Uh, Be doers of the word and not hearers only. Obviously, subject yourself to the hearing of the word. Make sure you listen. Make sure you hear. Make sure you're paying attention. And, of course, you have to be here to hear. So make sure you're faithful. But after you have fulfilled the basic fundamental assignment of showing up, preparing yourself through praise and worship, 
to hear, then it goes a little further. Do not be satisfied or happy simply with hearing, but be doers of what you have heard. The teaching is explained with a simple analogy of looking at yourself in a mirror and then not fixing what you see. If your hair is messed up, when you look in the mirror, you fix it. Yeah, see, of course, these days we don't know if it's messed up or not because that might be just exactly the way you wanted it. But if it's not the way you want it, fix it. If there's something on your face, you wash it off. If your clothes are not straight, if I'm preparing for church or whatever and I'm wearing my white shirt and my tie and I happen to look there and realize my tie is all crooked, the first thing I do is reach up there and straighten out that which is crooked. If there's a spot on the collar or something, I immediately try to get something in, clean it off. This is a very simple analogy the Scripture gave that you and I are to employ when we come to hear the Word of God. It's connected directly to hearing the Word, and we would recognize it coming to church today, hearing the sermon, listening to what the pastor says, what the direction is, what uh, uh, the Word is saying we ought to do, and we behold ourselves in comparison to what the Word is saying, and we realize we are not just supposed to hear it and say, that's great, God bless you, good word, pastor, way to preach it, really enjoyed it, and then just go back to our lifestyle the way it was before we came in. But if we notice something in hearing the teaching and preaching and ministering of the word that is not in alignment, we're supposed to change that thing to get it in alignment with the word of God. John 4.23 says, The hour cometh and now is when true worshipers, how many want to be a true worshiper? When true worshipers shall worship the Father, and here's the key, in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him, for God is a spirit, and they that worship him must. Now here's one of those, I always look for those things in the scripture that are absolutes. They don't give you any way out. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. There's no option here. There's no uh, alternate way to approach it. This is the way the scripture saying it must be done. I've been in ministry long enough to observe both through pastoring and evangelizing and missionary work that there is really a two-fold conversion process that happens in somebody's life and it's especially pronounced here in the Pentecostal church. You really get to see it in the Pentecostal church play out this, this two-fold conversion that happens to us when we come to church. And by the way, we do come to church to be converted. We come to have our mind changed and our lifestyle changed. Now, I'm not going to go into my testimony tonight, but I can take you back a number of years and show you long hair down to my shoulders and a red bandana around my forehead and going to concerts and doing drugs and all of that stuff. But when, when I went to the Apostolic Lighthouse Church in Frederick, Maryland, the day I walked in, I walked in wanting something different from the way I was living. That's why I was there. I, I walked in knowing I need a change. Some, this is not good for me. I, I want a different pathway. So thank God they weren't telling me you're fine the way you are. I already knew I was not fine the way I was. That's why I'm here. Tell me what I can do to not be like this anymore. 
Now, I got to be honest with you, I didn't like all the stuff they told me. I mean, pastor wasted no time and let me know all the appropriate changes that I could make. And I, was, I wasn't counting on some of that stuff. But you know what? I really wanted the change. I wanted to walk a different pathway. I wanted different results. So when pastor said, if you do this, and oh, my timer stopped. Oh, that cost you an extra few minutes right there. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hey, Amen. So when pastor said change this and change that and don't say that no more and don't act like that no more and I don't want to hear you say this anymore and I started lining up and changing, you know what happened? I started going through a conversion. We are a lively, spirit-filled people in the Pentecostal church. We place a high value on feeling the presence of the Lord. I don't know about you, but when I come to church, I like to feel it. I want to feel the music. I want to feel the message. I want to feel the prayer. I'm, I'm not here just to observe and watch. I want to feel. That's, I love the music tonight. And, of course, it's always uh, interesting to watch uh, Sister Lizzie over here on the end because she's bouncing around like the Energizer Bunny. Amen. And she can tell she's feeling the music. Amen. And the others, you watch them playing and minister. I always like to watch drummers because a good drummer, you know, he's got his tongue hanging out the side of his mouth. Boy, he's just going because he, he is into what he's doing. When I come to the house of the Lord, I love to see people who are raising their hands, clapping their hands, saying amen, nodding. Sometimes they get out of their seats. They want to get a little closer around the front. Why? Because we are not here just as spectators, but we have come to involve ourselves, participate, and feel this thing. The ultimate experience or the ultimate moment of feeling the presence of the Lord is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's why here in the Pentecostal church, we put a high premium on being filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire. We believe in that experience of Acts chapter 2, when suddenly there came a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind and filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, sat on each of them. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. And according to the testimony, they wandered out into the streets behaving like drunk people. And the, the, Peter had to say, they're not drunk as ye suppose, but this is that. I saw that up on the screen here today. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. This is the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. And when you are baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire, you're going to feel it. We used to, back in the old days, it's going to be older than some of y'all, uh, Frosted Flakes and Tony the Tiger, he always said, it's great. And I've seen people asking, they get the Holy Ghost, how do you feel? And they said, it's great. It's that Tony the Tiger experience. Aren't you glad you come to church? You can come and maybe feel something while you're in the house of God. I, I, and let me tell you something that will help you. You can condition yourself. Now, I watch some people look like they do everything they can to purposely not be affected. You have to try hard not to feel it. But when I come to the house of God, I'm opening my heart, opening my spirit, because I want to feel everything that is going to happen in the presence of the Lord. And when you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I promise you, it will change the way you feel. There are a couple more Holy Ghost people here that might give me an amen on that. It'll change the way you feel. It's described in Scripture as joy. It's described as peace. It's described as abundant 
life. It's even described as a well springing up unto everlasting life. It's like a fire shut up in your bones. The Holy Spirit of God is a concentrated dose of resurrection power and you can feel it when it gets to move. You say, well, how does it feel? Sometimes it feels like chill bumps on the back of your neck. Sometimes you feel it in your hands or you feel it in your feet and you get excited and you just feel like worshiping the Lord and you feel like I just can't sit here. I got to say amen. I got to say hallelujah. I got to clap my hands. I got to praise the Lord. Anybody ever felt anything like that? I've seen, I've seen people, boy, that is... I've seen everything you can imagine in the house of God because when the Holy Ghost comes down and you begin to feel it in your spirit. But here we also understand it is a twofold conversion. It's equally important that you both know and obey the word of God because that changes the way you think. It's where true repentance is confirmed. Not my will, but thy will. Not my way, but your way. This is where your mind is changed. And when your mind is changed, your life will change. If you are, and I love you, God bless you, Holy Ghost and fire. If you are a stubborn person that just refuses to change your mind about anything, you are stuck right where you are. But if you can be the kind of person that says, show it to me, Reason it with me, explain it to me, and when you get it, you say, all right, I'm ready, and you can change your mind just that fast and receive the word of the Lord, and when your mind changes, your life will change. When you do that, that, according to the Bible, is how you create a firm foundation in your life. It's known as a rock. And it's going to survive even after both heaven and earth have passed away. This word of God is a foundation you can build your home on, build your family on. You can live your life on the firm teaching and doctrine of the word of God. John 8, 32 says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Now I'm going to take it just a little step forward. Still teaching actually. Haven't got to the yelling part yet. Romans 12, 2 says, Be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It is the will of God that your mind be changed and that you be transformed, which means you are changed in form, in appearance, like a metamorphosis, that you are changed in condition and nature or character as in a conversion. I remember... When I pastored in Lynchburg, we had an old fellow named John. John came to church. He had a big old handlebar mustache, had it waxed up on both sides and little curls on the end. And old John came, and I mean, in those days, especially once we got the congregation built up, our music was loud and our people were wild. And when it started, it was on. And people were in the aisles and shouting and dancing and praising God and yelling out. And it was just wild church all the way to the end. John never twitched. He was respectful. When I said, let's stand, he stood. Said, let's pray, he bowed his head. And he always was respectful and reverent, but he never moved a muscle. 
but he would come to every service. Listen to all the Bible studies. John started changing his life, started giving tithes, started being faithful to church, started changing things about his lifestyle, his speech, his dress. Everything started changing. Why? Because John has subjected himself to the word of God. He's listening, he's hearing, and he starts doing. And so as his mind has changed, his life changes. Until finally, one day I went back there and I said, John, I think it's about time you start coming to the altar. He come down to the altar. But when I looked over there, he was like this. He did just what I told him and nothing more. I told him, I said, John, it's about time you get baptized. Scared him to death. His wife called that day and said, he don't know what to do. I said, just bring him some clothes. I've done this before. We get old John baptized. I told John, I said, next time you come to the altar, I want you to raise your hands. I looked over at John. He's in the altar. He's like this. Old John just doing what he's told and nothing else. I told John I walked by him one service. I said, you're doing good, John. It's time you start talking to the Lord. Use your voice. Well, as you might know, it wasn't very long. We got old John prayed through to the Holy Ghost. Power of God hit him. I'll never forget the Thursday night I was teaching Bible study like this right here. I got in a real good point, and I got disturbed. I looked up there. There's old John back there in his seat, and he's doing a number like this. Man, he is, he's just got both his hands are going up. He's just yelling out. And I said, Brother John, you're going to have to say Settle down, bro. You're disturbing people around you. And I said, you don't know how, much, how good it makes me feel to have to tell you that. Amen. You know what happened to John? He got converted by the word before he got converted by the spirit. He was thinking better and acting better, but he wasn't feeling any better till he got the Holy Ghost. We've seen the other side. People come into a church on a Sunday night. Man, they come down to the altar. Power of God hits them. Man, they're falling around like a drunk person. Holy Ghost all over them. Man, they're, they're talking in tongues. They're feeling God. They got the joy of the Lord. And then they go right back out in the world and do everything they was doing before they walked in. That doesn't mean they didn't get the real Holy Ghost. That means they've been converted in their spirit. They feel better. They're talking to God better. But they're thinking the same old way, so they're doing the same old stuff. Because true worshipers have to worship both in spirit and in truth. It'll convert your emotion, it'll convert your spirit, and it'll convert your mind. It'll change the way you think, which will change the way you act. It will change the way you feel. It'll become joy unspeakable and full of glory. Be ye therefore transformed by the renewing of your mind. Ladies and gentlemen, This concludes the theological portion of our message. I will now move from teaching to preaching. I would like to sum up for you this theological dialogue with the following Pentecostal style message. Don't leave the way you came in Jesus' name. That's what I've been saying for the past 15 minutes. Whatever you do, When you come in here, don't come in here and hear this and do this and bounce around like a bunny rabbit and feel the power of God and raise your hands and clap your hands and shout amen and then go right back out the door and just do the same old thing you was doing all week before you got here. 
Don't leave this house. Don't leave this presence the way you came in. When you come here, when you get out of your car and you're walking toward the door, you ought to be thinking to yourself, I wonder what change is going to happen in my life tonight at the house of God. I'm going to be affected by the spirit and I'm going to be affected by the word. I'm going to be affected emotionally. I'm going to be affected spiritually and I'm going to be affected in my mind. I need to think some new thoughts. I need to feel some new feelings. I'm not leaving like I came in Jesus. Somebody help me right here. Come on. Don't go out of here at the same level you came in. Somebody shout hallelujah and feel. Get a little I feel good in the house of God in your heart. Ezekiel, you can be seen. Ezekiel the prophet told us how to come to church before we even started coming to church. In Ezekiel 46, 9, he said, When the people of the land shall come before the Lord in the solemn feast, he that enters by way of the north gate to worship shall go out by way of the south gate. And he that entereth by way of the south gate shall go forth by way of the north gate. He shall not return by the way of the gate whereby he came in, but he needs to go forth on the other side. The old prophet said, don't leave the way you came. Go out different than you came in. Now, I don't know if you want to try it tonight or not. Amen. But maybe you just ought to go out a different door than you came in. When you pull out of the driveway, if you always go left, you ought to try going right. Just see what happens. You may have to go around the block, make a U-turn somewhere down the road, but just, just, go, just do something different. I'm telling you, if you just always do what you've always done, your life is not going to change. And then you don't want to just go making random changes just for the sake of change. That's what people in the world do. They just, you know, they get bored or they get in a rut or they get frustrated. And so they just up and make some kind of ridiculous cataclysmic change. One day they just decide, that's it. I'm quitting this job. I'm going to go be a, you know, I'm going to go to be an archaeologist, archaeologist and go to Egypt or something. And they, they make crazy decisions out of frustration and out of boredom and out of being stuck in a lifestyle and stuck in a rut they can't get out of. I'm not talking about making some kind of random ridiculous change. I'm talking about the word of God becoming a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. I'm talking about the spirit of the Lord come moving into your heart. See, see, I have so trained my mind for 32 years coming to the house of God, for, for 32 years of preaching and ministering to be, to be affected and led and changed and adjusted by the Spirit that even what I came here in my spirit to preach to you tonight as I stood there and the Spirit moved and I could feel the anointing of God in this house, I tagged into a thought that really wasn't, wasn't, wasn't the predominant thought of my mind and I made a change even what to speak to you tonight just while I was here in the presence of God when you learn to let the atmosphere you're in have access to your spirit let the word of God you're listening to change you you'll fulfill the words of the old prophet you won't go out the way you came you'll leave different I came sad but I'm leaving happy I came discouraged but I'm leaving encouraged I came confused but I've received a word from the Lord I'm not leaving this place ever 
Don't ever leave in the same condition you came. Now there's two, there's two applications here of this. There's the, there's the broad stroke application, the broad general application, and then there's the specific uh, smaller application, and that, and that is this. When you come to church, if you're going to be a church-going person, and you're going to come to church, and you're going to come week after week and come to the services and the midweeks and stuff, then your general overarching philosophy of attending church should be, I will not leave the way I came. Through the weeks, through the studies, through the various experiences that happened to me here, I am going to slowly be converted and transformed into a different kind of person than I am right now. Then you bring it down to every individual service and every individual sermon and you decide I'm going to let this particular night change me in some way. I'm going to apply something I'm hearing from this word and I'm going to let it become part of my thinking process. I'm going to adapt it. I'm going to give it into my spirit and I'm going to let it adjust me and become part of me. And when you do that week after week after week, that's what's happening. You are building yourself up in your most holy faith and you may not even realize it. It's like our little babies, you know, they grow up and and, uh, the parents, they usually don't see the changes like other people do because they're with them every single moment. But if you go away from them for a few months or for six months or whatever and you come and see them, you are astounded at the changes. You may not notice them week by week, but I'll prophesy to you tonight and tell you, you come to the house of God faithful for just 90 days. You come faithful to church for just three months. You ought to make a contract with the Lord. Said if I just come three months and be faithful and I'll just apply what I'm hearing and I'll participate in what's moving. I'll come to the altar when it's time to come to the altar. I'll worship when it's time to worship. I'll, I'll shout when it's time to shout. I'll cry when it's time to cry. I'll study when it's time to study. I'm going to apply myself to this. I prophesy to you tonight and tell you in just 90 days you'd look back at who you are tonight and you'd say I'm not the same person. I came in one way but I'm leaving another way. Something has changed inside of me. I'm not just going to church to socialize. Nothing wrong with socializing but that's just not the only reason I'm here. One of the reasons I'm here is because your pastor and I are good friends. But that's not the only reason I'm here. Somewhere you got to go beyond the basic reasons you come to church uh, to socialize, to fellowship. We're going to get us a nice little meal together after church. That's going to be nice. But I didn't come over here just to have a nice meal after church. Those are all things that are going to happen along the way. I have come into his presence uh, that something might happen to me. Look at it in the scripture, Luke 13 and 10. He was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and the Bible says, Behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity, and 18 years she was bowed together and could no wise lift up herself. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said, Woman, thou art loosed from thy infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Boy, there's a sermon right there. She came crooked. She left straight. Oh, if God just wouldn't help us to help some crooked people get straight. You can just get some crooked people to start going right. Amen. And, but you know what? Through the years, I've seen crooked people come. 
and I've seen crooked people get straight. And I was one of them, and some of y'all was too. Amen. She came in a situation where she couldn't even lift herself up. The Bible says she could not lift herself up. She could in no wise lift herself up. Can I tell you that most people who come to church have some kind of a situation they can't fix themselves? So many of us could not lift ourselves up up. So when we get, this was a church service. They had come to the synagogue. Jesus was teaching and ministering. Here she came in her condition and she was bowed down and she was bowed over and she couldn't even lift her head up. But the Bible said Jesus called her to him. Can I tell you, it's going to happen in every service. In every service somewhere, there's going to be that call and the hand of the Lord reach in your direction and say, come unto me, all ye that are weary, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Somewhere you're going to, if you're tapped in, if you're, if you're listening, if you're, if you're hearing, if you're, if you're participating, if you're involved, you're going to feel God saying, come on, there's more for you here. This is not just something you just come and sit and watch happen and then go on out and be unchanged and unaffected. This is an experience. Experience. This is an event. This is a, a life-changing opportunity. You're going to feel the call of God. and I guess it's worthy to mention. She may have been warped, but at least she came to worship. She couldn't lift herself up, but she did the best she could. She couldn't lift her head, but she got up out of that bed anyhow. And she carried herself to the house of God, even with her head down. Now, I've been doing this long enough, as some of you have, but I can tell you, sometimes you're going to have to come to the house of God with your head down. It's been a hard week. Seemed like I'm losing instead of winning. I don't feel like I can lift my head up. Don't feel like I can go forward. But you know what? Just because you can't lift your head, go ahead and move your feet and say, I'll just take my downtrodden, discouraged, old, miserable, backslidden, cranky, bad attitude self to the house of God. Because I know if I can just get in there, they're going to sing a song. They're going to pray. That preacher going to preach a good word. Somebody might lay hands on me. I can get the oil of the Lord flowing. And just maybe before I leave, I'll be able to get my head up and say I went with my head down, but I left with my head up. Woo! And let me, let me just add to her problem because this is our problem sometimes too. Not only was she in a terrible condition that she couldn't fix herself and her head was bowed down and she couldn't lift it up, but her condition was on display for everybody else to see it. And secret sins are the best kind. Nobody knows. But sometimes our problems are on display. Sometimes you can't hide it. Sometimes what you are is just right out there for everybody to know and see. And your tendency is to stay away. But she brought her bowed down, bowed over, head down, self with a warped condition that everybody could see on public display. She brought it to the house of God anyhow. And while she was there, the Lord reached for her. His hand was placed on her. And the Spirit. 
power of his spirit came on her and she did not leave the way she came and I'm trying to prophesy to somebody here tonight whatever you do don't come to these services don't come here week after week and night after night and keep going home the way you're coming in sometime if you're not an altar goer you gotta become an altar goer if you're not a worshiper somewhere you need to start worshiping if you're not one that shouts amen to the preacher somewhere you ought to start trying to throw an amen out there somewhere and say I'm not living like this forever I'm coming out of this shell I'm not going to live for God with my head down I'm not coming in and going out the same old way in the same old condition something is somebody ought to just try it right now shout a hallelujah I know it's Wednesday night, but nobody said we can't have a one night revival right here on a Wednesday night. I wish somebody shout hallelujah. Woo. Can I have, I don't know if I got five, my timer says I got five more minutes, but I know it was off. You be be seated. Have five more minutes. I'll be five minutes over time tonight. And I'm almost to the end. I'm right, but but this this is good stuff right here. I hate to, I hate to not tell it to you. (laughs) The demon possessed man of the Catarines. He's filled with a legion of devils. The Bible says when he saw Jesus, he ran to Jesus. This guy was demon possessed. And he went to the altar. Take my glasses off so you can't see me. What's your problem? This guy's got 6,000 devils and went to the altar. Well, I just, I'm not in any condition to go to the altar. How bad are you? Brought his demon possessed. But, oh, it's worse. You read the scripture. According to the scripture, when he arrived, he was naked. He wasn't even dressed. He'd been living in the tombs. He cut himself often. He was so wild, they had to bind him with chains. This man is a wild man. He is crazy. He is a lunatic. He is demon possessed. He's cut his body. He's marked up. He's not properly dressed. He's got chain marks from chains where they had bound him to the tombstones and living among the dead. And when Jesus came to town, this demon possessed crazy wild man, the Bible said he ran to meet Jesus. He fell at his feet. And the next time you see him, here's what the Bible said. He was clothed and he was in his right mind and he was devil free let me tell you he lived for God long enough you'll put some clothes on hallelujah he lived for God long enough your brain will get straightened out you live for God long enough you'll come out of the graveyards of this life and you'll get the devil loosed off of you say I don't can't go to church the devil been on my back all day bring him to church bring your devils to church bring them demon possessed kids bring the demon possessed husband or the demon possessed wife bring them all to church Come on in here. Bring your mixed up, messed up life to the house of God because the whole idea is we're not going to leave the way we came in Jesus' name. Get in here and sing one of these songs. Let your faith rise. Whoever's going to come and help me here at the end, you can come on up here and get in place and help me out. But when they put these songs on the screen tonight, uh, amen, uh, I purpose to say the words as they were saying the words. Uh, amen. Uh, raise my hands. I, I, I did this years ago. Years ago, I made this decision. And it's, I'm probably at least a good 95% with it, maybe more uh, as an average. Whatever they say do in the pulpit is what I do. If they say, let's give the Lord a hand clap, I clap. If they say, somebody raise your hand to the Lord, I raise my hand to the Lord. 
If they say, somebody say hallelujah. I say, hallelujah. Whatever they say do, that's what I do. Now, I've been around long enough to see, you know, sometimes we're not real skillful with some of that. And whoever's up in the pulpit, they'll have everybody clapping their hands. Come on, let's clap our hands, clap our hands. Everybody be clapping their hands. He'll walk away. Next person will walk up. I just put my hands down and say, come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap. And I'm thinking, we just did that. I mean, I just really, just literally stopped clapping my hands because he told me to when you walked up. But you know what I decided? I'm not, I'm not going to stand at my seat and determine, should I do it again? Is this right? If the next guy walks up and says, clap my hands, I just start clapping again. If my hands were on their way down from worshiping God and somebody walked up and said, let's lift our hands all over the building, i just get them right back up again. But you know why I do that? Because I've come to get involved in what's happening. I've come saying, I want whatever's here. If it's going to be faith, I want faith. If it's going to be conviction, I want conviction. If they're going to hang me over hell, I want to get scared out of my mind. If they're going to preach to me about heaven, I want to just get homesick to go there. Amen. If they want me to cry, I want crocodile tears just flowing down my face. If they want me to shout, I want to go home with a with a strep throat, amen, because I've learned in 32 years that when I come to the house of God, there's change that can happen in me. I'm not the same person I was when I walked into the apostolic lighthouse. I'm not addicted to drugs anymore. I don't smoke two packs of cigarettes anymore. I'm not home mixing up drinks every night anymore. I'm not going to rock concerts and falling out in the mud and waking up in the back of somebody's car. I don't even know who these people are or how I got there. I'm a different person because coming to church I'm not leaving the way I came those of you that can if you're physically able I wonder if you'd stand with me across the auditorium there's a precious woman in the Bible I'm preaching this message tonight to give you a pattern in a strategy for going to church I'm preaching this message tonight that you can get it locked into your foundation. Somebody says, how come you go to church all the time? Because I go to be changed. Because sometimes I go in miserable and I just leave feeling good. Sometimes I go in upset by all the problems in life. And by the time the songs and the sermon gets done with me, I'm feeling like Chuck Berry. I feel good. That's why I go. Because I'm going to go into the presence of the Lord. It's a precious woman in the scripture. Her name was Hannah. She was barren. It was a stigma in her day. No children. The Bible says of her she was burdened. She was barren. She was ashamed. She was even bitter. And she came to church, to the house of God. And as a matter of fact, she came all the way down to the altar. And she prayed at that altar so intensely and so passionately that the preacher thought she was drunk until she explained her condition. This just blows my mind. This is 1 Samuel 1, 17 and 18. Here's this woman who is just eat up with life and her condition and she is miserable she comes to the house of God 
brings it to the altar. They sing a song in the old church, take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. She brought her burdens to the altar. She's bitter. She's ashamed. She's frustrated. She's been persecuted. She's a mess. She explains it to the preacher. Here's what Eli the priest said. The Lord has heard your prayer. Go your way. That's it. That's all she got. The Bible says she got up and she said, let it be into thine handmaid and let me find grace in thy sight. And here's what it says. And she was no more sad and her countenance changed. All she heard at church was the Lord has heard your prayer. And she said, that's enough. And she got, listen, when she got up, no baby bump. No condition change. For years, we have all marveled at how that woman came to the altar. But in recent months, I have been more marveling over how she left the altar. Because she came burdened down. And a simple word from the Lord, her countenance changed. She got a smile, and she left happy, and she was not sad. So, yes, I'm going to encourage you to come to the altar tonight. I'm going to ask you to step out and come and pray. But more than just coming, I'm going to ask you to leave this altar with something you didn't come with. I'm going to loose these musicians in just a minute. They're going to fill this sanctuary with song and melody. It'll be like a cloud of glory over your head. We won't be able to hear you pray. We won't know what you're talking about. You may want to find a place in a corner at the altar at one of these chairs up front. Just get a little closer. But I wonder if there's somebody that would make up your mind tonight and say, all right, preacher, I'm in. From this night forward, I have made up my mind. I will not leave church the same way I came. It's going to change my mind. It's going to change my thoughts. I'm going to be changing my actions. It's going to change the way I feel. I may come discouraged, but I'm not leaving that way. Anybody need to be changed tonight? Anybody walk down to this office? I'm not going out of here in the same mindset, in the same trouble I came in. Anybody? Pastor wants to be changed. I'll pray him through. Hallelujah.